This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Welcome to the PR Pod, Hayley. Hello. I'm joined by Hayley Cole from Stella, a PR agency in Sydney, and we're chatting about what you need to do to establish a great client relationship. For those who are brand new to understanding how PR agencies work, can you give us a quick rundown of kind of how they're structured and how clients fit into uh, an agency? Sure. In agency world, we have a a broad number of clients depending on the size of the agency. So look, Stella usually sits at around kind of a team of six. Um, At the moment, we've just scaled back a little bit through the COVID period, but on, on average, we sit at around six people. In the time that I've worked there, we've been as big as kind of 15 staff. So it obviously varies substantially. I would say as a kind of percentage, we tend to kind of run at about 60% of our work being retainer-based clients mm-hmm. and 40% project. Um, that that seems to be a good balance for us. We've discovered over, over the years. So, um, you know, that might look like, say, six retainer clients at any given time and then a handful of projects that are kind of running that pop on and off alongside that and that allows for some stability for the agency for forecasting and business planning um, as well as kind of those fun little injections of you know fresh energy and projects that um, that are shorter campaign periods mm-hmm. and the structure of an agency generally ranges from junior positions which could be PR coordinators or accountant executives through to senior account executives and account managers and goes further up the food chain until you get to the owner or the managing director And then depending on the size of the agency, you may have a business development manager, you may have HR, you may have tech. I mean, agencies can really range from one, which is my, my agency is one person and you can have, you know, people with agencies with hundreds of people in there. So really it's, it's, it's a huge gamut. It's a huge gamut because, well, you know, the type of agency, whether you work in sector specific or cross sector, which is stellar. So we work across a number of different um, lifestyle sectors. And look, each of those clients have different contracts, which is part of when you are running an agency, you've got to manage these things. You could have projects, like you said, which are two months or three months or six months. Um, your retainer clients may require a lot of work. You may be doing 40 hours a month on that retainer client, or you may be doing seven hours a month on them. So there are so many factors that come into play as to how many clients an agency has and how many clients each person may work on so at the stellar team you guys are four at the moment at the moment we're four so you could have anywhere between what four to eight clients at one time yeah Yeah. and I think that's fair to say across across any agency and that's the same for a junior member of your team I mean obviously everyone's tasks are quite different of, of what they're doing for that client but yeah I mean as a as an account executive you could have that many you can have four to eight clients that you have to deal with at any one time. Yeah, and I think the challenge of working in agency, and this is why agency is great for some people and it's just not for others, is that flexibility to shift and move constantly. So, um, you know, I, I think we've de- we've got really long-term clients at Stella. So we've got a client, um, Cafe Sydney, that's been with us for 21 years. They're one of our foundation clients. We've got others that have been with us for kind of six years, seven years. So there's certainly benefit from a business perspective in developing and nurturing those long-term relationships because you understand their brand, you're immersed with their teams Mm -hmm. and their culture. Um, It all becomes quite intrinsic and there's stability. So I think, you know, that's the ideal scenario where you can establish some long-term, but also have these little injections of of fun and new and um, quick turnarounds to keep people thinking and shifting. 
Uh, it can be challenging though when you have to work across yeah. a number of different clients in a number of different sectors and one minute talk about a subject matter that's completely different to what you're pitching the next uh, or if you are in a moment of time where there's just a lot of projects it's a lot of turnover so it's a lot of work it's a lot of kind of set up get to know the client they're gone <laughs> set up get to know the client they're gone yeah. so you really want to get that balance right um, in saying that a lot of the projects that we take on are returns as well so they'll do a little campaign and then they'll switch off for a while and then they'll come back with something new so what do clients want from a PR agency or from the people that are working on that account what they want, they're paying us because we're experts. So they want our expertise and they want our recommendation. And I think this is where I have learnt, um, and it comes with experience and confidence in yourself as a PR professional, but that you, it is okay to challenge your client. And I think clients want to be challenged as well because they're paying you for a service based on your level of advice and experience in a certain industry. So I think that's one thing that I encourage junior team members to do is, and even if they're not directly challenging the client, but coming if they don't feel competent to do that, but talk to team members that are on that client with them and say, I actually think that this might work better and take that to the client. And I think they really value that because that's what they don't want you to just say yes to everything. Otherwise they could do that job themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And they want you to be good communicators. They want you to be keeping them in the loop with issues, with successes, um, with general, um, maybe not day-to-day activity, but depending on your client, they may want to be kept in the loop with how you're progressing with a particular pitching campaign oh, or what the feedback's Look, been like from media. Some clients want to hear from you 10 times a day. <laughs> Others would prefer to talk to you once a month. Yeah. So it takes a bit of time getting to know them and what works best for them. Yep. Um, there's got to be a level of trust. Trust is probably the key thing. And again, that takes time to establish. So, um, And results prove trust. I results, mean, at the end of the day, that's what they're, that's what they're paying for. Trust. Transparency proves trust. So, you know, we're big believers in upfront agreeing on KPIs because at the end of the day you need to we need to feel comfortable in being accountable they need to know that we're accountable and it just makes it really clear for everybody because the last thing you want is to get halfway through a campaign and not really know what the benchmark is or what we're all working towards absolutely so i think agreeing on those upfront sets the basis for success. And sometimes people have skewed expectations just based on lack of experience or they don't understand that the market has changed. And I've certainly have had that before where a client said, well, I, I've predicted we'll be in, let's say, three to four monthly magazines. And they've come back saying, well, no, I want to be in 10. And I will then explain that there actually aren't 10 opportunities that exist. And even if there were 10, it is very unlikely you're going to get into 10 of them because of A, B, C, D, and E. Um, so I think setting those expectations, but providing clarity as to why their expectation may not be met is really yeah, important. Yeah, and just really honing in on what they're trying to achieve. Are they are they just wanting blanket reach everywhere and anywhere? I mean, that's certainly not usually our approach, and it's not usually the best um, the best strategy. Some people is it's what they want, but I think for us, it's usually looking at what are you trying to achieve. Let's all be really clear on that because having a little product mention in 10 different pieces of coverage might be achievable, but it's probably not going to get your message across and the right people might not be seeing it. And so it's, it's all about, we don't like to kind of go quantity mm-hmm. number of clips. It's all, it's really more about key messaging where reach relevance of audience, um, positive sentiment, those kinds of things. Yeah. And that's why it's important to clarify that at the front, because you may have a, a client that wants or, or that thinks that a number of clippings is the way that they want to be benchmarked or they want to benchmark you. So that line of communication needs to be there from the outset. Yeah. And look, I think it's 
different now from when I started in PR because a lot of the work we do for our clients is is the traditional media, but then it might also be running their socials for them or it might be working on content for them or influencer strategies. So there's a number of different measurements that tie in. And I think the challenge for PR has always been that measurability of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's There's no straightforward formula, but with more of the online work that we do in the digital campaigns where you can kind of get a number, <laughs> that's always a nice thing to throw in there it too. It helps, from yeah. So when it comes to the client management tasks, a PR coordinator or executive may be responsible for, um, you're likely to be going to client meetings, but you'll always have someone else with you and another account manager or account director. So you won't be doing these things on your own. Um, but one of the things you should be doing from that would be WIPs, you know, and their work in progress documents where going into that meeting, there'll be a summary of what you want to achieve from that meeting, um, what's coming up, who's responsible for it, what you may need back from the client. It may be assessing what you have uh, secured in terms of press coverage for the last two weeks. Every agency works differently as to how they structure that WIP document, but certainly the, the the most junior person is usually responsible. Is that the same in your agency? Yeah, that's right. I think usually at a broad kind of you know, broadly looking at the account coordinator, account exec roles, the responsibilities are things like note taking in yep. the meetings, um, managing that work in progress document that you referenced, being responsible for making sure everybody on the client are meeting their deadlines. So and they know what they're responsible for. You may have discussed it in the meeting, but they're not taking the notes. They're relying on you to send them the email or the document later that day to say, just to recap, Haley, you need to do this by this time. Brooke, you need to do this. Exactly. Yep, that's right. Um, a lot of research work happens at that level as well. So it might be a new business document that you're working on. Um, it could be some influencer outreach, looking into kind of who's doing what in that specific sector at that moment in time, industries, trends. And actually on trends, I think going back to your previous question around what clients value and you being the experts, Mm. that is another thing that I think they do really value. Frequency in communication, unless they've specifically asked not for that. Um, But also just showing that you're the expert, sharing them interesting reads that you've come across, Mm -hmm. insights, what's trending, what their competitors might be up to. I think the more you can share with your client, the more valuable you become Mm. to them. Yeah, absolutely. And also back to the uh, most junior person on the team, you'll uh, be sending through weekly press coverage or daily press coverage as and when it comes through. So you'll be responsible for putting together the email and the attachments or the links and sending them through by a specific time. I mean, usually it's the first thing that's done by that person the day and you, you know you might start your job at 8 30 and those emails have to go out by 9 or 9 30 or 10 or whatever that time frame is so that's really important yeah it is it is um and reporting in general you know again you might have these weekly whips but you may also do a weekly report on the coverage that was secured and you might do monthly reports and there'll be end of campaign reports so you play a big part in pulling together that information from the rest of the team and distilling it down into a document that gives quite a clear outline of what's achieved, what has been learnt, um, what the plan is for the next month, etc. Yeah, and reports are um, they, they're really important and they can become a bit of a task if you are a junior working across a number of atta- accounts and you have reports due at the same time. So I think time management around reporting is really important. It is. Um, because they can... They can be a bit of a beast. Mm-hmm. Had a big month to get all that information collated and together. But I mean, personally, I actually used to really like doing them because <laughs> I, I found You're them a nerd really, like me. <laughs> I found them quite rewarding to see 
I know what work had gone in and what had come out the other side of it at the end. Of Especially the when you are junior and you're the one that's not necessarily doing that work yet. You're just collating the information. You get a sense of where coverage was secured. So what um, media publications are relevant for that particular client, the kind of stories. I mean, you should be reading through coverage that's secured for any of the clients in your agency as and when they run. But it's good to kind of recap on what they secured and what was that, what was the angle that they got for it, and yeah. have a chat with your managers and go. Oh, it's really interesting. So, how did did you pitch this one in, or did the newspaper come to you guys? And just having an understanding how it, that piece of coverage came to be. And that's that uh, actually raises another point of something that we have previously kind of rostered amongst the team, but. As a junior, I think it's a really valuable task to put your hand up for, which is kind of that daily news um, wrap Absolutely. up or review, whatever your particular business calls it. But um, so making sure you're monitoring the news of the morning, identifying any potential opportunities for your clients within the whole agency mm-hmm. um, or anything that's relevant to the industry and sharing that with the team and then on sharing things that are relevant with clients. Absolutely. Okay, so when it comes to meeting a client for the first time, as we said, it's likely to be going to meetings with somebody else. But in advance of going to that meeting, um, I would really recommend doing your research, especially if you've just joined an agency. Understand the product or that brand or the venue. Um, what do they offer? What, is it, what does that product look like? Have you smelt all the candles from that brand or have you had a chance to go into that venue um, and understand what your agency has been employed to do for them? That may be a campaign to launch a new range of candles or to launch a new venue, etc. But understand and where, understand where you are because may, you may have joined halfway through that particular project contract. So have some understanding of of where your agency sits with that That's right. Definitely do your research. I think the other big one for juniors going into meetings is to ask your senior what your role is in that meeting. Yes. There is nothing more uncomfortable than sitting in a meeting (laughs) and not knowing if you're meant to talk. Or write notes or get to the end and they say, oh, can you send around the notes and you haven't taken any. Yeah, and I think from a client's perspective as well, it can often feel uncomfortable to have people in a meeting that don't have a clear role within that meeting. So I think where possible, anyone in a meeting should have a role. And that may only be to say one or two things Mm -hmm. that they feel comfortable and confident talking to. But uh, my advice would be if you're going into a meeting, know what your role is, rehearse what your what your piece is and make sure that you deliver on it. And then, of course, listen. I mean, the client's not going to hit you with a curly question. If you're brand new to the team and you're certainly in a very junior role, um, but they may say, oh, so what do you think about the candles? What do you think about our new yes. suitcase? Or so if you go, no, oh, <laughs> yeah, so oh, I haven't had a chance. Or oh, I had a quick look on the office and I love the material on it and um, the colours were gorgeous. They really popped. I think they're really going to connect with your target market. Or just having a little bit of an opinion about something is helpful because they may be testing you to see whether you've bothered to um, – engage with that particular brand or offering and if you haven't done that reflects poorly on your agency as well so it's not just you um also the basics look at people in their eye shake their hand remember their name just those general courtesy things that you would do whenever you meet someone is really important Um, and take note take note of how your manager speaks with people and how they conduct themselves and what's expected of them and how they manage the flow of that meeting and how they work through the tasks because you'll find that quite often you get off topic and you start talking about something else that's unrelated and so you've got to steer that back as the PR to what you're trying to achieve from that one hour meeting. Yeah look and I think one little tip that I was given quite early on and it's probably not 
not the account exec's role in the meeting, but a good little tip nonetheless would be to ask them about business. Like before you launch into your own agenda, how are they? Mm -hmm. How is their business doing? Are they facing any challenges? Have sales been good that week? I think that's a really sets the tone for a productive, good meeting to show that you're interested in them and their, their business beyond the comms department and what's happening yeah, and you're so right agenda. because they don't necessarily understand what the PR opportunities are. They may think, oh, we've got an event coming up and we've got new candles that are coming out. And they can't um, distill from that what some opportunities are. So if you're saying to them those questions, they come back saying, actually, it's been really slow on a Monday here and the bar doesn't doesn't get much trade in. You can say, well, how about we think about doing something like this That's on social right. media? Opens so up a whole conversation, and they don't necessarily know that you're not. Happens. You know, it's meant to be very proactive. You're not just reacting to what the, what they want from you. So one of the most common forms of communicating with a client is emails, and I really want to talk about email etiquette because I think this is very important to get right from the start. Yeah. It's not rocket science, but there's a couple of things. Well, actually, there's more than a couple of things that you need to think about. What's the most important things from your perspective? Oh, okay. Know your audience. Mm-hmm. That's my big one. Um, and I say this coming from agency world where I do work across different brands and different sectors. And I think it's all about knowing your audience and adapting to that. So, you know, I can give a couple of examples. I think when you're working with a big corporate brand, you need to stay professional mm-hmm. in the language that you use. You need to make sure that your grammar is on point, that you're really clear, that it's, you know, it's a really professionally written email document. And I think always have someone check it before you send it. And I would still Absolutely. do that. I still ask a junior colleague to read over something that mm-hmm. I've written because I want to make sure that I haven't missed anything because we're all humans, human error. Um, so know your audience. That's one audience. You might be doing that email and then a minute later you're pitching a skincare product to a beauty editor and signing off with a kiss and mm. look, I know people hate kiss I know <laughs> you're either someone that kisses in emails or you hate kisses and you can't yes. stand kisses having worked on so many different clients over the years there's the relationships are different with whoever you're talking to so I think how you know how you and I might have a chat Brooke is going to be different to how I talk with my husband it's going to be different mm-hmm. to how I talk to my children so that's just communication it's knowing yes. who you're talking to and speaking to them in the right tone Yep. And I think keep, especially with clients, keep your content succinct. Don't have a email that goes for 17 paragraphs. Keep it bullet points. Um, If you've got multiple things to chat to a client in one day, then can you just send them one email? Do you have to send them four emails and use headlines and stuff to make it clear for them? Sometimes it's just a, it's a quick sentence and that's fine. And you'll get an understanding and appreciation of how that person works. And they may be a very quick responder on email and can shoot back answers very quickly. And they're happy to respond to seven things in a day. Alternatively, it may annoy the absolute crap out of them. So I think as a general practice to start off, just be succinct with your emails and try and not send multiple ones during yeah, the day. And just be aware of the tone and relevance of what it is, what the, the subject of the email is, what context are you, are you going to come across in? Because emails can be perceived differently, as we know, as you may Absolutely. intend them to be perceived. So I mm. think some, like be really conscious. If it's a sensitive topic that you're addressing over email and you're having those second thoughts about pressing send, don't send it. Yeah. <laughs> don't send the email, pick up the phone and have mm-hmm. a conversation because you can control the dialogue on the phone. You can't do that in an email. So I think it's just um, always being conscious. Of and think about your out there. greeting and email sign off. I certainly would not be writing a email that says, hey, 
if I do not have an existing relationship with a client. I mean, exactly. certainly there's clients I've been working with for a really long time and it's hey and a hi, or sometimes I don't even introduce myself. I just ask them a question. Um, but certainly if you are starting off and you're establishing a client relationship, then it should be hi. Don't use dear. Don't use dear. Don't use exclamation marks. No exclamation no marks. Please, no yeah, cats. absolutely. Um, how quickly do you like your team to respond to emails? Do you have a general rule around that? Within or a 24 guide? hours. 24 hours. And yep. I, look, the main thing is acknowledge the email. We don't yes. expect that everything can be actioned mm-hmm. immediately, but please respond. Be yeah. conscious of everybody else's time that, you know, every time we have to follow someone up for something or a client has to follow us up for something, it's just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So I think with email, there can be a lot of them. It's a but you just have to manage it and you have to acknowledge when something's received and respond. So that's our mandate. Acknowledge and respond within mm-hmm. 24 hours and then be clear in that response about when it will be actioned. Absolutely. Also be clear about deadlines and make sure they're reasonable. So if you work with a restaurant client and you get called by a journalist at 11.30 for a comment from a chef and you email that chef at 11.45 and say, can you come back in an hour? They're not going to, and they're not going to read it until three o'clock and they may not read it then because they're prepping for dinner. So understand how that works and how that time frame of what you require from them works in with their day. You might have to pick up the phone and say to the journalist, I can't get hold of them until 2.30. I'll give them a call then and I'll be able to come back to you probably around four o'clock if you know, but make sure you understand how your particular client works. You've mentioned this already in terms of running the email past a manager um, or somebody else in your team, but certainly I imagine to be copying your manager into any emails you send when you're in the most junior position because they need to be across what information is moving from the agency. I think just on that, again, um, it's really hard because, for juniors because they have to learn when you're coming into a new environment, you've got to learn how different people's mm. work preferences. So there are going to be some people that really need to be kept across all the detail and there are going to be other managers on other clients that don't. So yes. you need to learn how to work with your seniors in different client environments and on different accounts. And it's it's a challenge, but it's part of kind of what we do and being adapting and communicating, just always trying to communicate in the best, clearest way you can for the best results with whoever your audience be, whether it's internal or external. What direction do you provide to your team when it comes to responding to emails or phone calls out of office hours? Yeah, look, I think we preferably don't, you know, unless it's urgent, but we don't want people to be always on. I think it's important to have off time. In saying that, there's a disclaimer. (laughs) I think the way we work now more than ever is so different. Mm. So we are pretty fluid. We're, We're small, you know, we're a boutique agency. We're pretty agile. We're all at the moment, you know, 2020 working some office hours, some remote. We're kind of together in the office a couple of days a week. And other than that, we're working from our own work from home setups. So there is some flexibility in that. And I think as long as you're aware of what your client deadlines are and you are meeting them within the relevant time frames, and most of the work should be happening in a normal working day because that's when most of our people are on and available. Yes. Um, but if there is some work you need to do at night because for whatever reason, address that with us. Mm-hmm. Let us know what's going on. And, and it's it's all pretty flexible. I think it's hard with social because, you know, at Stella we do work for a number of clients on their social media platforms um, and in those spaces you do somewhat have to be always on. Mm-hmm. So um, you've kind of just got to keep monitoring and keep an eye on things so that we can jump on it 
and react if we need to mm. quite quickly. Um, so I don't know that I've really answered your question very no, directly, I think you have. but it's it's a different world to it when is. we first started. Yeah. And we didn't used to do it, but I think now there's a level of understanding that we have to be flexible. And also, look, you know, for me, a lot of my clients are, are small restaurants and bars, etc., and the owner is managing a number of different roles. They may be a bar manager and the owner, or maybe the chef and the owner, or they may be doing the HR and the IT and everything. And in order for them to be able to do their job effectively, they may need a quick answer. So they may shoot an email through at eight o'clock at night, need a very quick response, and that enables them to do another four hours worth of work. It takes five minutes or two and a half minutes out of my day but it enables them to kind of continue doing what they need to do. So I think once you have an understanding of, like you said, how much is required, do you need to sit down and write something or pitch something that's going to take you an hour and a half or are you just giving someone a quick response that will enable them to either answer their question or to be able to move on with what they're doing? So I tend to look at everything comes through. Granted, I'm a one-person agency. I don't have to manage the the time of other people in the team. Um, And I tend to respond quite quickly unless there is an obvious uh, amount of work that needs to be done. And I also, you have to remember that some people just do their work out of hours. So the client may not need you to respond. It's just that that's when they're doing the bulk of their work is between 8 and 11 o'clock at night. And I think read the context of what it will. Ideally, you're not reading emails at 10 o'clock at night. I think if something was that urgent, you'd get a phone call. Yes. Um, However, you know, if you are, for whatever reason, it's, it's about the importance and urgency attached to that piece of communication. So I would discourage as a senior person of the team and any other senior person of the team, writing an email back to a junior that's about a report that's due a week later. I just, mm-hmm. I don't think we want to ever set the benchmark for our junior team members mm-hmm. that that is the expectation that they're doing administrative work at ridiculous hours. Of the I night. agree with that. So it's all about context. Yeah. Okay, so look, the reality is mistakes can be made by any level of person working on a client account from junior through to senior, and sometimes they can be fixed without the client being aware and they get managed within the team or the agency and they're none the wiser and you just kind of live and learn and move on. And sometimes those mistakes are have ramifications a little bit broader and your client has to be brought up to speed with them. What does a client want to see from a PR agency if a mistake has been made? I think they just want to see acknowledgement. Yeah. I think they want to see ownership mm-hmm. of, of the mistake and a solution. And being proactive with that solution instead yeah. of going to them and say, look, this has happened. They want to know this has happened. Plus, these are the three ways we recommend we could tackle it and this would be our first preference. That's right. I know I've had my fair share of clients that are dreamboats and some of the nicest people I've met and some others who are possibly the worst people that I have ever (laughs) met. What advice do you have if you're working with a client who you just don't get along with, that you just don't like? Look, I think if you just don't like them, you just have to suck it up a little bit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's a learning experience. Yeah. Take it as a learning experience. It's life. There's mm-hmm. going to be things in life that, you know, you wouldn't have planned, yep. that you don't love, but you've got to take them and roll with the punches and move on. Yep. And that's just like an agency. There's so many different types of clients. Some of them are my best friends. Some of them I won't speak to again once we've finished a piece of work mm-hmm. with them because we're different people. We're all humans at the end of the day. Um, what I would say, though, don't suck it up if you feel like you're being treated unreasonably. And yes. that's probably the difference. Yes, so absolutely. I think there's a like and a dislike and a oh, you're difficult or you're hard work. And that's like, oh, well, they might be, but they're paying for you mm-hmm. and you need to still deliver on that service. Um, and 
use it as a chance to adapt your personality to different people's personalities. We did an exercise once where we're doing personality profiling. Mm -hmm. So we could identify different personality types within the agency. And then we went and did it with our clients. So we kind of, you know, looked at what this client might be and what your personality type is and how different they are. So it, it just helps to really clearly explain just because you have a preference around how you would communicate, theirs might be totally different because they're just wired differently to you. So it helps you Definitely. understand where you need to tweak yourself to get a better result out of them. Um, but if they are asking unreasonable things or talking to you in an in unprofessional manner, screaming down a phone at you is not something that we'd stand for no. for our team. So I think if you if you ever feel really uncomfortable, that's when you talk to your management. Absolutely. And try and assess, if you can, to your best ability, and you might need your manager's input, what the problem is. Are they just quite short and their tone is quite short and they don't really mean anything by it? Is there something that you or the team's doing that they haven't been impressed by? You know, yeah, perhaps where is it coming from? Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe they don't like the fact that they're getting 15 emails a day and it's really annoying the crap out of them and they yeah. just want it. And they haven't verbalized that yet, but you've assessed that might be what the problem is. Maybe they have come off a really poor experience with another PR agency and your agency is now on board, so the, they're very... Um, so they're a bit apprehensive, but you've got to yeah, earn trust. exactly. So it may just be a, a matter of time and you need to prove yourself and you need to, the team needs to prove that they can be trustworthy and they respond very quickly. So I think doing a little assessment of what you think the issue might be, and like you said, it may just be something you've got to suck up. Or it may be something large that you've got to assess and, and deal with your manager about. Okay, to finish up, let's just share some of our tips for developing and sustaining a great working relationship with a client, regardless if you're the most junior or the most senior person. I think thinking ahead is really important. Like you said, they're, they're employing you to be a consultant or to be an expert on that area of PR and they want you to be coming to them with opportunities or identifying things or solving problems before they've even really become anything that's quite major. So thinking ahead is really important. Thinking ahead is really important. Um, for developing long-term relationships, I think transparency and accountability, which I've touched on, is really important. Um, own your mistakes, be accountable, be transparent, keep them up to speed with how things are progressing. If the plan needs to be reviewed and you need to shift tactics, tell them, own it, be on the front foot, make those changes before it's too late. Um, have regular contact with them mm. as well. Try and pick up the phone to them every day or if you think they prefer email, shoot them a little email. Um, understand how they like to work and try and adapt to work best as you can with them. Meet their deadlines. Yes. Don't ever have your client having to chase you for something. No doesn't look good and be like yeah and like you mentioned previously be responsive you know it may not be something that you can deal with right then but say no worries I've got that email I'll come back to you in the next couple of hours and and give you an assessment of how we can manage that for you or let me do some digging around and I'll come back to you so they want to know that you've acknowledged their email and that you will be working on it versus just letting it sit there for a couple of days yeah and get to know them I think once you get to know them go for a drink with them if you can uh and kind of preempt them a little mm. bit know what is going to impress them what's going to make their life easier because ultimately if you're making their life easier you're doing your job and always keep the kpis in mind and they're the key performance indicators it may have been that your agency's come on board to um, secure coverage for a launch of a particular product and all the coverage you've secured is for the brand Sure, they may be happy with that. They may be happier with the fact that you've done that, but they also might be quite unhappy because what they wanted was you to get, uh, you know, pieces of coverage about that new 
lipstick collection. So understand what your KPIs are, keep them in mind and just check in on them every I mean they should be part of your reporting anyway as mm. to as to how you're faring with achieving those, but certainly keeping them in mind and updating the client on the status I think is important. And I think nurturing those client relationships. Yes, take them out for a drink. If you know someone's wife is about to have a baby, have the agency send some flowers or at the very least send an email saying congratulations. I think people just want to be treated with respect and with consideration. And if you go out of your way to flag things that are not related to the contract that you are employed and you're being paid to do, then they really appreciate that. Yeah. And that, you know, there's a person behind, they're not just a marketing manager Mm. for that specific restaurant. There's a person with a family life and and a whole lot of other things that go on. So the more that you can get to know them and um, and understand what they've got going on in their world, I think the more relatable you can be. Mm, absolutely. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure, Brooke. Thank you. And if you want a recap of these tips, you'll find a summary of them on the website in the episode section. Thanks for listening to the PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.